0: We are live.
1: Welcome to Connected Learning TV. This is the second webinar of our June 2015 series titled Spotlight on Cities of Learning. If you're watching this, please take a moment to share it with your networks and let them know that we are now live. I'm Margaret Black, Director of Business Operations at Big Thought, and I'll be your host for today. Uh, Big Thought is a nonprofit that manages Dallas City of Learning in partnership with the Dallas Mayor's Office. Each week throughout this series on Connected Learning TV, we'll be exploring a Cities of Learning theme with one of the current cities. Our peer cities are Chicago, Dallas, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C., along with their local partners. Cities of Learning, if you're new to the movement, is really a national effort to remake learning into an exciting enterprise that prepares all young people for the world they live in today and will work in tomorrow by bringing together all of the city's resources. Cities of Learning offers a variety of free and affordable in-person and online learning opportunities where young people can earn digital badges to showcase their learning achievements. Today, I'm talking with Evan Cleveland, Elizabeth Berkman, and Jason Treadway about their organizations and some of the work they are doing in partnership with Cities of Learning here in Dallas. Specifically, we'll be talking about learning pathways. So before we dive into our chat, let's uh, go over just a couple quick details. To those of you watching live right now, we welcome your comments and questions, either through um, the, the Twitter hashtag CitiesLearn and Explore Dallas, or uh, the Q&A feature that you should see on your video player. We'll do our best to address all your questions here on the Google Hangout. So before we begin, I'd like to uh, to give everyone on this Hangout a chance to introduce themselves and their organization, and maybe a little bit about um, what you're doing to support learning pathways through Dallas City of Learning. Evan, let's start with you.
2: All right, great. Thank you. Uh, my name is Evan Cleveland. I am a creative learning specialist here at Big Thought. So, um, in general, I do a lot of convening of organizations to help them uh, look at how the Cities of Learning initiative can be something they can bring into their programs. But uh, with the pathways, uh, we've I've been working with the different organizations, creating the content that will become our pathways. And um, we use uh, that term, Pathways, when we talk about this to adults because it makes, it makes sense, but when we talk about it with students and we put it out on the website, we'll use the word playlists um, because it's something that's easier to digest for a student, and it also has the sense of agency. They get to make, make choices there, so we're doing some work with um, a playlist that's very generally science-themed, and then uh, another that is performance-themed.
1: Jason,
3: you wanna go next? Sure, my name is Jason Treadway, and I am Director of Education for the Frontiers of Flight Museum. I've been working with Evan and several other folks on the science pathways. Um, our museum has also been um, involved in the City of Learning through the digital badge uh, badging last year, and then this summer as well, and uh, we've also been involved in uh, several of the turn-up events. That have occurred last summer um, and those that are going on this summer.
0: Elizabeth?
1: We may have lost Elizabeth, um, but we'll, we'll bring her in and reintroduce her when she gets back on. I guess before we talk more in depth about these playlists or learning pathways, depending um, on how you talk about it, before we get into it, let's get a solid understanding about what is a playlist and how it works. Evan, can you share a little bit about how the playlist um, fits into Dallas City of Learning this summer and also that long-term vision?
2: Sure, and, and I'm sh- I'm certain that that Elizabeth didn't have stage fright there, being from a performance organization. Um, yeah, so the idea here is the playlist is something that's going to be organized around a, a specific uh, discipline or a specific theme, um, and we want kids to find these because they're interested in them. We want them to see them as something that they they want to do, that they're interested in trying out and um, exploring to see how far they may want to go. They should connect the kids to uh, to sort of college um, preparation or career or just whatever disciplines or interests they may have. And they're made up of different uh, activities that students can do where they're going to explore this discipline um, as deeply as they can and it's sort of their sequence, they're scaffolded so that uh, the student can enter in in a way that is safe, that um, makes sense to that student, and then they can progress uh, from there and, and go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, and in ways that are still, they're still taking risks, but they're still also also um, exploring the concept. Um, and I, it looks like Elizabeth is coming on. Do you want to slip, switch and, and introduce Elizabeth, if she's here, or um, before we, we move on?
1: Elizabeth, are you there? Well, we'll sync back up with her in a minute. Okay,
2: sure. Uh, yeah.
1: Are you there? Share a little bit about um, about junior players, Elizabeth. Can you hear us? We'll get, we'll get back to her in just a minute. Evan, you want to keep going about the long-term vision about playlists?
2: I can keep going. So uh, sort of in, the, in the, the, the long-term goal is we want these kids, after they've had a chance to explore, to try these things out, to um, figure out what they're interested in, we want them to uh, then be a platform, uh, the playlist to be a platform to get the kids to come together, to meet each other, so that these are no longer students who are grouped by the fact that they're at the same school or they're in the same grade. Um, but these are kids who are grouped because they care about the same thing, and they're willing to, to try it out on their own. And um, we want it to be a place for them to see what, if they continue in this field with this work, what their lives could be like um, five or ten years down the road. So they'll meet professionals. They'll uh, meet each other and, and, and professors and students who are doing the work. But also it's it's a chance for these kids to uh, to share their voices um, with with the, the the city at large to just to not only be the student who's engaged and caring about this one thing in this one place, but to uh, be part of a community that has a voice in how that happens on the uh, in in a larger term, a larger field.
1: Youth voice sounds like it's really important, Um, just so we have a better really solid foundation of what the user experience is like from a student perspective, can you talk to us about how the playlist fits into the, the general City of Learning website and how it relates to the digital badge?
2: Definitely. Uh, so as students progress through these activities, they have the opportunity to um, submit evidence for the work that they're doing in the activities that will be assessed. And um, after certain milestones, they'll earn a digital badge. And uh, the digital badge here is, is, um, first of all, it's it's not um, in any way the means by which students are learning, right? And it's, it's not the end goal. We don't want uh, the kids coming to this and doing this um, just because of the badge, and we certainly don't feel that the badges should be um, in any way a motivator. It's not why the student is doing it. The student is doing it because she's interested. She cares. Uh, she wants to try something new or she wants to go deep with something she loves. It's just the badge is a tool. In this case, it's a tool both to, to recognize the learning and the work, the students are doing um, and to archive their experience but really for this in this situation it's also a tool for us to identify kids who are interested in something and to bring them together to to see what they can do it so they can find that way forward to what's next for them.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I think we finally have Elizabeth back. Elizabeth do you want to share a little bit about junior players and your role there and how you all have been um, incorporating the learning playlists?
4: Absolutely.
0: Uh, As Margaret said, I'm Elizabeth Berkman and I am the program manager over at Junior Players.
1: Sounds like uh, Elizabeth might be having some more technical issues. So um, why don't we hear from Jason? Um, You know, we know that there's these two local playlists that we're designing. And um, we know that uh, they're still in the design and development stage, right? They haven't been fully launched, and the idea is to have some prototypes and experiment with them. Shakespeare
4: program program as well as our Discover Shakespeare
1: your, your um, middle school program. Thanks Elizabeth. Sorry we were getting a little feedback there. Um, I think the connection's a little shady in that room so maybe Martha can pull you into another room real quick. Um, but Jason can you talk a little bit about this process about designing a pathway and um, and and what you've gotten out of it and what's been interesting to you?
3: Sure. Well first I'd like to thank Evan and Big Thought um, for the opportunity. It's, it's been a lot of fun working on this project and um, it's not often that you get to hang out with five of your colleagues and just sit around and brainstorm and and uh, put on your creative hats and just think about big ideas and stuff so it was a lot of fun. Um, so one of the biggest challenges for us was to get our, our arms around science because science is a huge topic lots of different ways that you could go there so that was one of our biggest challenges um, and then we we kind of we we got our arms around that and um were able to come up with an idea and and the idea is is essentially this the city of the future and looking to see kind of the complexity of uh, of Dallas and what it's going to look like in 25 years and and we we Talked about a lot of the, uh, the current challenges in Dallas. So, for example, earthquakes have been very common recently, and we've also had a lot of flooding. So, uh, we were able to kind of use our own individual talents and bring in ideas centered around those topics. So, we're really looking at, at how Dallas is going to uh, to look in 25 years, 40 years, 50 years, etc.
1: Sounds like relevance is, like, the key term there, like what's relevant for Dallas and what's relevant for kids today and in the future, which is, I think, um, synonymous for all of the playlists that we're working on. Um, Elizabeth, if you're back, do you want to share a little bit about the process you experienced in designing the performance pathway? Uh.
0: Um, Our partner
1: Okay, well, I think Elizabeth is still trying to figure it out, or we're trying to figure it out for her. Um, But maybe what we can do is, Evan, um, if you could give us a sense, you know, these performance and science playlists have really evolved organically and, like Jason said, has a lot to do with with what's relevant in Dallas. Can you share with us about how those two content areas were even decided to pilot and, and, um, and what it was like working with those two very different groups?
2: Uh, definitely um, my so personally my background and, and a lot of big thoughts background is in the arts uh, so the um, we have a, a strong group of performance based organizations here in Dallas uh, that work and do some really strong amazing work with youth so that was that was an easy choice was to do uh, the, the the dramatic performance playlist which we, we still haven't figured a name out yet but it's something along those lines uh, the science was definitely more of a challenge but these were some strong partners for uh, Dallas City of Last year, the science organizations, so we were excited to work with them. They uh, were all organizations that dove in to this process and this project, so they were heavily invested. Um, Another reason we wanted to do what is kind of crazy and doing two of these playlists at once was our middle schoolers here um, in in, uh, Dallas and Texas have to to choose what's called an endorsement track Um, by the time they finish middle school so that when they go to high school they're going to be looking uh, their work is going to be focused along certain uh, focus areas and so STEM is one of those Um, Arts and Humanities is another and so it it was important to us to begin as quickly as possible looking into what uh, an experience a kid could have outside of school on his or her own might look like to experience these different um, areas and see is this something I want to pursue more deeply in high school or is there something else I'd like to try as well so it it was really a great um, collision of, of both necessity and, uh, and, and where our skill sets and where our partner skill sets were.
1: And you, did you have any anecdotal takeaways from how different the two working groups uh, approached their work?
2: Yeah. Um, within the very first session, I learned a whole lot of things about the um, performers that I didn't know about them personally already. The uh, my friends with the science group were a little more reticent to share their personal details. Um, but actually, it was it was kind of fascinating because the the people who represented. They, we had people from a theater organization, spoken word artists, um, the opera, and uh, a group that does, does amazing talent shows with students. And everyone just was so excited to share these ideas and just keep throwing ideas out. Um, when with science, it was interesting to see the sort of brilliant logical sequencing that everyone um, wanted to, to follow and how interesting it was that we, we looked at the way scientists Work and the way scientists think, and the things that we believe scientists or, or science people in the sciences um, design thinkers sort of need to know. and we came up with this really uh, interesting collage of concepts that more or less were uh, a different look at the scientific method, but without being a very linear process. It was really fascinating how we came to that and how that drove the rest of the conversation forward.
1: So I think Elizabeth is, has finally found a, a solid screen. Elizabeth, do you want to share a little bit about the process you guys went through on the performance side? I think it's interesting um, to, to talk about a little, a little bit about how you take such a huge competency and boil it down. What were the kind of exercises and um, you know design process that you went through?
4: Sure. Yeah. It. Um it started off with a, a bunch of us trying to, to brainstorm, and we, we used a lot of post-it notes and put a lot of things, basically, um, on, the, on the drawing board. And then from there, we kind of figured out, okay, well, there are these uh, similar things, like, for example, design, and then writing, and then performance, because it, a lot of kids think that theater or the, or the arts are mainly performance-based, when there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. And we wanted to be able to introduce that to um, to kids and to, uh, to those that were interested, especially since they feel that they may have to go on a certain path or follow a certain linear line. And so what we ended up coming up with was a tree, if you will, um, where everyone kind of learns a similar Foundation, and then, from there they can go and they can do all of the all of the things or they can kind of focus and and figure out, oh, I want to learn more about writing and what resources can can I be connected to in that particular field and or performance and or design and so that was something that we all kind of came up with together and we're trying to figure out what we could offer and share to to those kids that don't necessarily um, get any arts education and might, might be curious
1: that's neat jason what about you how um how did the process itself uh, make you look at the work that frontiers of flight does a little bit differently
3: well kind of like what was just said i mean we we started with post it notes and they were all over the wall and and we kept coming back to the scientific method i mean everything it seemed like came Back to that, which you know is is great, and is as a scientist, um, we use the scientific method and, and you know all the research that we do. But it's it's really for kids. It's kind of boring, right? It's very academic. We wanted to create something that wasn't really academic. Um, I mean, they're learning, but they're learning in a fun and engaging and interactive way, um, which is a lot different than than the Formally learning in a classroom where you're primarily learning and preparing for a test and then taking a test, right? Um, so we, you know, we had a, a number of challenges, um, but we, you know, as, as things kind of evolved, um, we all were able to connect, you know, even though we were looking at way different ideas, for example, we had the natural world, we had applied science, etc., we were able to, to make Connections between the two, and I think that's really what is important for kids to understand is that um, not only is science everywhere, but um, you're not going to just pigeonhole yourself into one thing. I mean, there's there's you know all sorts of applications that apply to to um, the various fields. So
0: yeah,
2: and if I if I could touch on that just a little bit, one one other thing that was really exciting about that process. Was we did come back to the, uh, the 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 scientific process, but at the same time, what we ended up with were design challenges. Where here is a current situation that affects the city of Dallas and and many other large urban areas as well. Let's have the students creatively think through that 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 challenge and how they can address that. And so there was within that process a whole a vast amount of creativity that the student can bring, uh, and um, initiative, and drive, and um, prototyping that is going to be very important. And so a lot of times when you're in a a science classroom, there's so much work that has to be learned, and so much memorization that has to be done before you can tinker with things. Um, And that was what we were concerned with at first, but it ended up where we were able to create some situations where kids can do some research and still learn about the ideas we're presenting yet explore them in a more hands-on uh, structured way.
3: Yeah, and can, I, can I add just a little bit to that too, piggyback on what Evan said? Um, we also wanted to make it accessible uh, because you know when you're in school you, you're, you have access to a lab and you've got all these really cool things, gadgets and stuff, um, but kids at home don't have that so uh, we really in, in creating these design challenges we wanted to to make it accessible so the kids could could readily do it at home with with just you know things that were available to them uh, and we also wanted to make it um, where it was a, a, a collaborative effort so kids could do independent study on their own but then come together as as a group and and collaborate and talk about what they what their solution was to the design challenge, um, because when you know if we're preparing kids to to for future in college and then beyond college in the workplace, and I mean collaboration is is a big part of everyday life when you're when you're a professional. So um, giving them those skills and enabling them to be able to um, apply those skills now will just benefit them so much in the future.
1: That brings up a great question. Evan, can you share a little bit about who the target audience is for these playlists and um, if it is open to the public, accessible to all, um, what other channels and infrastructure are in place to make sure that a lot of kids do take advantage of this great content that's being produced for our local city?
2: Sure. The The target right now we're thinking is middle school and high school students. and um, Right now, uh, there's there's great potential in the fact that this is something that can be pursued on your own. So as we go into summer and as we start finishing this creation process up, there's the the opportunity that this can go out to different programs across the city um, who may have access to a lot of students but who may not necessarily have um, an in-depth curriculum they're following or they may have some... Uh, some time to do some different free work and this is a chance for kids to explore that. I, I think we're going to really see it expand in interesting ways when we come to the fall and uh, for Dallas at least this is the first uh, time we're going to take this um, initiative and move along into the school year and so once we have all these teachers who can see that this content is uh, something their kids kids can grasp onto and that we have mapped onto it the different um, educational standards so they can see the relevance it could have for their classroom. It could be very exciting just to see what teachers, uh, how they consider using this in the classroom or outside the classroom or how they can at least identify um, things that their students can pursue who are interested in this and they can't necessarily serve that need in the classroom because of all the other competing interests that, that the classroom may have. They can, they can push that student into this um, on their own time as well.
1: That's a great point. We've talked so much about how playlists deepen learning outside of school and you're talking about how it can be related in school. But, um, you know, how do you see, how can a teacher actually know what's relevant for her students and what kind of experiments are we doing to make sure that teachers um, have the right tools in place to access them?
2: Um, Some steps we're going to try to take this summer is to actually have some teachers (laughs) just help us do that, figure out uh, what... What um, of those standards uh, do they see embedded in this work, so that it isn't a heavy lift for a teacher to have to research, find out is this really going to hit my content area? We want to have that uh, made made that have that made, be made very simple for them to find and to see, so that it isn't uh, a deep search, and and it could be. In- incorporated in the classroom um, in a way that you can let the kids run off with this and just sort of monitor their work and see how it's going while there is an outside uh, organization individual set of individuals that will be doing the assessment. So it's something that can still be in parallel with your your classroom work.
1: Let's talk about those assessments. Um you know, Jason and Elizabeth, I'm sure this came up a lot in the design um, process, but what kinds of things do you see as being evidence of learning that you will accept in order to issue the badges and, um, uh, you know, have kids move forward along the playlist? What what kinds of artifacts have you talked about as being representative?
4: Well, something that we talked about uh, specifically for, well, to start off with all of the, the writing and design and performance is being able to Comprehend what's going on in the story, which kind of ties in with uh, with literacy components, and I'm sure certain certain parts of the, the core that that is um, that, that that schools are trying to focus on during the school year. Uh, so trying to put, tap into that and being able to have some back and forth with um, with Big Thought and being with later projects, for example. Um, I believe we had, yes, for the writing component, rewriting a monologue, or what you think would happen next, and being a, beginning to get those those creative juices flowing. So things like that were um, starting off where it would mainly be by yourself and then building on with collaboration. That was something that we touched on as well. Jason?
3: So, um, well, I guess the best way to answer it is is that you know, these are, we're teaching essentially life skills, right? So critical critical thinking, analytical thinking, processing, etc. And um, you know, it's it's very difficult for uh, teachers, I would say, in the classroom to how do you assess that? I mean, that's 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 kind of a a difficult thing to assess. Um, and so that's that's what we were hoping to do with it is um, enable the kids to come up with solutions to their to the design challenge, and then meet as a group, share their ideas with with you know what they came up with, how they how they solved the problem, um, and then um, from that we'll uh, eventually filter down, and we'll we'll get some certain students that are able to meet with say professionals um, in industry and have you know an open dialogue. Um, so say for example if we're trying to earthquake proof a building in Dallas. Um, students can meet with a structural engineer and talk about uh, what does that mean really? And do we really need to be concerned about earthquaking buildings in Dallas? Is this something that we need to look to in the future? Et cetera. So really, you know, the component is is also um, collaboration amongst the students, but then have the students connect with the professionals um, and and see what what the professionals do in their real life and, and how they how they solve problems.
1: Jason, I love how many times you're using the word connect and connected. It's very relevant here for this <laughs> webinar and about connected learning. Um, you know I think ultimately obviously the playlists are designed to serve youth but how do all of you think that the concept is ultimately also serving adults and educators and uh, partner institutions like your own uh, throughout Dallas?
4: Well for us it was a lot of trying to figure out how to reach those students that aren't in our programs yet um, because we want to try to expand our reach and figure out what's going on and maybe maybe they have a preconceived idea of what what the arts is or maybe they're terrified to go up on stage and they had no idea that they could write or they could design or all of the above and so trying to that's a huge um, that was a huge focus for us was how to how to do that how to connect with those students and also so they could begin to learn about that and then later on make those connections as Jason was saying, to professionals in their field, um, playwrights, creative writers, teachers. And so that was something that we were really focusing on and trying to figure out what different ways we could go about doing that.
1: We have a question here from Twitter. uh, with so many programs and ideas, how do you avoid scope creep and how do you keep things from sprawling? I know, uh, Elizabeth, you you guys really honed in on the writing, performing, and design elements of the playlist, but I'm very curious to hear from Jason about um, how, how did you uh, keep science uh, both broad and specific at the same time?
3: Well, what we, what we, the realization we came to was that Everything is interrelated, and so um, it it was it was really cool to see how dots were connected between one thing that and and how it led to another. And I mean, we're talking about you know the the city of the future, right? So there's so many different challenges that go into that. So um, anything from infrastructure to flooding to um, zebra mussels. In fact, were Something that we're thrown out there. So there's there's so many different topics, but um, the cool thing about science um, is you can probably tell I'm a scientist, so um, I'm a little bit biased in that. But the the one thing, the thing I think is cool about science is science is everywhere, right? Um, And we can all kind of extract pieces of of these design challenges that you know a kid may not be specifically interested in zebra mussels, but the design challenge is open-ended enough where it can lead that that youth to uh, discovering something else about nature. So it could lead to, say, for example, water conservation or um, drought or something like that.
2: And uh, you know, something else that we kept in mind as we were designing this is we were on um, we. We're on a tight si- a, a tight timeline we wanted to make sure we were finished um, with a lot of the bulk of the content work um, pretty much at this point and we're, we're we're wrapping that up and so we we had to limit our scope uh, another thing that we've kept very much the forefront of this conversation is that this is a draft that there's um, this hasn't really been done um, before for a platform like this in, in the same sort of way, and we felt like that was exciting and liberating because we could do what we wanted, and then we would take the time to figure out what was a success and what was a failure and what to learn from that. So we will um, will definitely expand, but at the same time, we'll expand in a controlled, thoughtful, methodical, iterative way. which. Um, is important because we want to make sure that we're, we're doing the same thing when they're encouraging the students to do, to try something out, uh, draft it out, see what works, learn from it, and then go forward. Um, and another important part of this will be getting the students input uh, we talked about this is something that gives the kids a platform for their voices to be heard, and we want that to be true for the the playlist experience itself, or this pathway. We want to hear what they think is working, and so it won't just be. Well, I've enjoyed hanging out with all the adults in the room, it's going to be time at some point in the very near future to get uh, the kids together and to and have them mess around with this and tell us what is relevant, what is meaningful, um, what they like, what they don't like and why, so we can consider that very heavily as we go forward.
1: So Evan, as you continue to iterate on with these two pathway working groups, um, you know, what else is on the horizon for the playlist work? This is uh, so much of the work that you drive here at Big Thought. What else is on the horizon? What other big questions do you think students will be able to tackle through this infrastructure?
2: Nothing. This is it. <laughs> we're done. Um, I, I'm, we're very interested in looking at the city, um, sort of the, the the city, the history of the city. I, there's... Uh, there's great potential in large urban areas to um, to continually be rebuilding and, and and losing parts of the past and so we want to investigate those parts of the past that in aren't just nice hidden treasures in the city but actually explain who we are today and in a sense start setting us up for the um, social difficulties we have as a city today and as large cities often have today. I mean, just looking across the news, uh, looking in the news just today in uh, a suburb of the city, there are racial tensions happening between an incident at a birthday party and we can, rather than just look at the present, we want to look at the the present in terms of how we got there and how the city's history brought us there. And so that's a gigantic thing we want to bite off, and we have some great organizations and individuals here in the city that will be very helpful for that. But there are entire neighborhoods that have such a rich history that can inform who we are as a city today and help, help us uh, give students more, uh, even more voice in how to address um, problems when they arise rather than just react to those problems.
1: Well, it's very exciting that you think that this innovation really can help advance the conversation and the youth voice and um, just move forward with these big, complex world problems. So that's very exciting. I want to give everyone a chance to sort of give a final word, share their parting thoughts about um, where we're currently at with the learning pathways, and maybe just in general um, about the the advancement of City of Learning now rolling out for a second summer to go on year-round. Uh, Elizabeth and Jason, do you have any parting thoughts?
4: Uh, for, I guess in terms of uh, the arts arts perspective, trying to figure out again, as I said um, earlier, about how to reach those students that aren't yet in our programs and figuring out how to carry that from the summer through the school year and just figuring out um, getting that feedback I think is going to be the next step. But we're, we're excited to see where it goes and um, looking forward to upcoming. Challenges.
3: Yep. So, um, from the science standpoint, I guess just stay tuned. Um, we're, you know, just now. It's this is the infancy of this project. So, um, you know, and we started with a, a core group of. I think there were five of us from five different institutions. And the cool thing, like Evan was saying, is uh, as we get feedback from students and we can start to expand this and our, our core group then will grow to you know we the five of us had our areas of expertise and, and there's so many many more areas to, to add to that so I'm kind of excited to look to the future and see what other uh, partners we have that come in and, and can collaborate and, and really make this science pathway uh, huge so we're also looking forward to the uh, turnups coming uh, coming up this summer.
2: So. That's great. I, I think just to, to jump off of that, the fact that he's saying look to the future is such a, a key part of this initiative. And to thank both uh, Jason, Elizabeth, and their organizations, because, and, and really all the organizations that joined with us last summer as we rushed to build this thing we all believed had Meaning and could have meaning, and we made it through last summer, and we shut it down, and studied it, and looked at it, and retooled, and we began conversations with our partners um, while there, while it was in November and December for about this about this summer. And what's exciting is to see us, I think, making it more meaningful because of the work like this, where we're figuring out how to take. Um, what exists, and bring more students to it, and more students to each other, and to the professionals in the field, and professors, and et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's exciting. Looking to the future, and yeah, like uh, like Jason said, turnups. Those are our events where we um, bring kids together to come to experience some sort of uh, some sort of learning aspect, and it's free. And we've got a bunch of these in the summer. And if they're outside, they're they're very hot but uh, they're a blast and they're exciting we have them um, we're starting up again with another one this weekend so thanks for the plug Jason
1: and Jason thanks for bringing us back to that uh that scientific method reminding us that we have just a hypothesis and an experiment going, and we'll be very excited to see um, the results of it this summer as students begin to engage. So thank you, everyone, for a great conversation today. There will be a full video recording of this webinar available immediately on www.connectedlearning.tv with other curated content on the way that you can share with your network. This wraps up the second webinar of this June 2015 series spotlighting Cities of Learning. But please feel free to keep the energy and conversation going on Twitter using hashtag citieslearn and explore Dallas. If you found this conversation helpful, please share it with your networks. And if you'd like to look know more about upcoming webinars from Connected Learning TV in 2015, please visit the website and sign up for the email newsletter. Thanks again to all of our colleagues here in Dallas, uh, Junior Players, Frontiers of Flight, and Big Thought for um, as we look forward to an exciting and educational year ahead. Thanks so much.